deep within Stalwart Fortress is a machine known as the Grand Elevator. It is a mechanical marvel capable of transporting individuals across the skies to anywhere within the Forsaken Lands. Zelda Cartographer is its sole keeper in this age, as there are none within Stalwart Fortress who recall how it was built or by what means it operates. Though Zell holds its knowledge, he keeps it to himself as he prepares the machine for a departure to the prisons of yore on behalf of the strange travelers that have so graciously disturbed his map-making as of late. He is grateful that there is someone new to appreciate his work, but he finds the group altogether cumbersome and is happy to see them leave much preferring the solitude he enjoyed in the weeks prior to their arrival. Quite the commotion you lot made out there. I could hardly make any progress. I hate bloodshed. I told you, I do not care who rules this place as long as I can still shape the world with my maps. All I need is a place to do my work. Remo the Cleric stalks the entryway to the elevator with a nervous energy but does not bring himself to speak as the travelers prepare for their journey. Ever since the execution of his squire Eula at the hands of the Darkblade Guild, he has been peculiar and distant. Many assume it is his emotional distress. Before long, the Grand Elevator is airborne and carrying the travelers over scarred and ravaged land that have been reshaped over many cycles of war, destruction, and reclamation. It sundered kingdoms and torn battlefields tell stories of great conflicts and the devastation they wrought. It is a marvel to see the world from this perspective. The elevator descends, landing comfortably on the outskirts of the prisons of yore. The travelers have chosen to visit this place and investigate the captives who were being held there by Reno and his ill. There is little known about them except that they have survived many past cycles of this world and have slowly been driven to madness. Approaching the prisons, the cohort is stopped by a guardian. His armor is a divine gold and his eyes glow white with the favor of Mother Agora herself. He refuses to let the travelers pass, but he is cut down before uttering more than a few words by one whose suspicions of the prison's purpose has grown to an untenable state. More of a similar mind rush into the prisons, locating a valve that allows them to drain the subterranean cells of the water that had flooded it. From below, a woman named Rita speaks through a gate in the floor. Relieved to be saved, but also very confused, she cannot remember why she and her companions were locked up and have grown increasingly absent-minded with their prolonged torment. She knows that she and the other prisoners are artificers, keepers of the forbidden technology and protectors of the wound of the world. They worked with powerful crystals that came with many blessings and curses and bore witness to the arrival of a god of molten crystal long before the kingdoms of yore were built. They are all afflicted with the blight, a curse that the crystal god brought upon them. It makes them immortal, unable to die, 
but destined to slowly lose their minds as the ages pass on. The crystal Rita carries is the only thing that keeps her sane. She pleads for the traveler's sympathy and begs the pilgrims to let them out of the prison. There is some uncertainty to her trustworthiness, but sensing no great danger, the travelers oblige and release her from the cage. Ah, oh, thank you for what you did here, traveler. I ensure you, despite the violence, it was the right thing. We can now build this place as a center for all to understand the machinations of this world. I am indebted to you. I have been hard at working at eliminating the corruption of that horrible reamer. Luther the Beacon is now ready. In my ages, we used Luther to broadcast resources and our knowledge throughout this world. We had built so much. It is so awful to see it all destroyed. I am encouraged, however, that there are so many here who have created great tools and engines on their own. I will show you more at a later time. Memories rush back to Rita. She remembers following Luta the Striver and working within Starwood Fortress when it was a bastion of learning that welcomed all. She remembers the fortress being overtaken by zealots of Mother Gore and a great war for the wound of the world that destroyed the kingdoms of Yore and ravaged the lands. A hatred burns within her, though she admits her memory is imperfect. She tells that the war ended as a wise Plymouth sacrificed himself and became the artificial god, a ferocious beast capable of killing God. It still roams lands to the west, forever protecting the wound and destroying all beings who approach it. There are none who can withstand the power of its defense now. Rita thanks the travelers for freeing her and vows to protect them from further machinations of the Dark Blade King. But they must reclaim Starwood Fortress from those who had stolen it and imprisoned them. She assures that only the guilty will be slaughtered. And so, returning to the fortress, Rita and the former prisoners take up arms against Remo and his followers, who had deceived so many. Swords and screams, the sounds of battle can be heard throughout Starwood Fortress as one by one the devotees of Mother Akura are vanquished and the place is cleansed of their presence. Rita finds Gregor the Savant in his chamber and rejoices at his safety. Oh, Gregor? Gregor must continue to rest, so I do not think he will be able to access any further knowledge anytime soon. Over the next few days, Starwood Fortress is transformed to once again accept all who come to its doors seeking knowledge, as Luta the Striver had once envisioned it. His lover, the Beacon, is also restored, and its powers of communication are made available to the travelers as a reward for its liberation. Rita is grateful for the travelers and gives them some of the crystals that her kind had been tasked with protecting. 
She says that Luta's powers prevent conflict within Stalwart Fortress, and that so long as they wish to uphold its virtues, it shall remain a place of peace. Though, as peaceful as it may be, all things are destined to fall in this world. Not even the strength of Luta can resist the one true constant. We are all going to die. This broadcast has been brought to you by the Concord of Research. Written by King Offling, vocal narration by Gina, mix and edit by Pandera. We are all going to die as a Creative Commons project. For more information, find wagdie underscore eth on Twitter. Follow more current updates and discussion on our other podcast, Wagdie Weekly, available now on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you for listening, Traveler.